Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook. Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. Well, this is coming out on the 16th of March. So if you're listening to this in real time, happy St. Patrick's Day, top of the Irish to you. I don't know. Is that what you're supposed to say? I actually have quite a bit of Irish in me, but I didn't know that until recently. So I don't really identify with it so much, but have fun and make good choices. Hey, if you haven't checked out my free monthly webinars, there's one coming up on the 17th, and it's on the third Thursday of every month at 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern. It's always on a job search-related topic, so check those out. There's a link in the show notes to find out more about what this month's topic is and to register. Today, I want to share my top 12 career management tips for 2022. And for the most part, these are good career management tips all the time, but but some of them are more relevant than, than others in light of the world that we live in right now. I pulled a lot of information for this episode from workitdaily.com and monstergolf.com and then also my own wisdom, of course. So the number one tip is to keep your resume up to date. You know, if you're looking for a job, I think that's pretty obvious. But even if you're completely happy where you are, having an updated resume, I think it sort of says to the universe, I'm open and willing to speak with recruiters. What I see over and over again is when my clients are open to receive recruiters, recruiters come to them. And when they don't want to talk to them because they know their resume isn't up to date or they, you know, whatever it is that isn't current for them, their credentials or or whatever it is, it sort of energetically pushes those away. I, I can't explain it very well, I don't think, but I understand it and I see it over and over again. I think another benefit of keeping your resume up to date is that you're going to be less likely to forget the things that have happened, the important achievements that you have have had, if you kind of keep that up to date. Now, whether you do that with someone like me or you do that on your own, I do recommend having a folder. I think you need a paper folder and a computer file where you are keeping track of things until you get ready to update your your documents. And I will tell you, I have clients who come to me anytime they want to make any changes to their resume, and that is perfectly okay with me. I have other clients who come to me once a decade, and they have put things on their resume, you know, over the 10 years or so, and then they realize, hey, things aren't as cohesive as they were when just Lisa had her hands in it. So let's go back to to Lisa and have her clean all of this up and make it all sound like it's coming out of the same voice. And I'm okay with that layout as well. So whatever works for you, whatever you feel comfortable with, whatever's going on with your career, the important thing is that you keep that document up to date. Number two, polish that LinkedIn profile. 
very similar to keeping your resume up to date, you want to keep your LinkedIn profile current. I want your LinkedIn profile to serve as what I call recruiter flypaper, meaning that everything about that profile is very attractive to recruiters and will have them reaching out to you. So number two is polish your LinkedIn profile. Number three, keep a win list. So this is really what I was talking about a moment ago, is paper and computer files of your performance evaluations. You get kudos from colleagues, your boss, customers, vendors say good things about you. You would include details of projects that you managed or had a hand in, initiatives you introduced. Make sure you keep the metrics around all of those things. What did you increase and by how much? What did you decrease that was bad and by how much? Sales reports if you're in the sales field. So whatever the metrics are that are appropriate to your field. And this is going to, again, make it so much easier when it's time for you to update that resume. Number four, get a mentor. Now, I did an episode on the four times in your career when a mentor is especially important. I've put that link in the show notes if you want to check that episode out. It's number 172. What I will tell you is that regardless of whether you're in one of these four very important times, mentors can be extremely beneficial in kind of guiding you through the challenges of your job, your profession, your industry, your company. And you want to choose wisely with these people and make sure that you both are on the same page as to expectations, time commitment, what kind of a mentor-mentee relationship do you want, what kind of feedback or um, help are you asking for. So number four is get a mentor. Number five is become a mentor. Unless you are, you know, still wet behind the ears college graduate, if you are two steps ahead of someone else, then you can mentor them. I like to think that's kind of a rule of thumb. So I'm two steps ahead. What does that mean? Well, am I, you know, two steps on the above them on the career ladder? Am I two steps ahead in my profession in some way? Am I two steps ahead in terms of the kind of projects I'm getting? Whatever you, however you want to define that. But if you are at least two steps ahead, you can contribute to someone else. You can be there for them. And you want to be open to employees who might be on the search for a mentor and offer help to others who you are confident would benefit from your expertise and your experience. So it could be that they're coming to you to ask for help, or maybe the things that they are saying, you know, the subtext is I could really use a mentor, or you can go out and see people and think, you know, I'd like to mentor this person. I see such potential in this individual or or whatever the case may be. So that's number five become a mentor. Number six is make time for networking. This is one that a lot of clients push back on. And especially, you know, you you have a busy work day. It's easy to think of networking as something that is just not as important as the emergencies that are coming up on a probably minute by minute basis in your work. But here's how I like to think of this. Noah did not start, (laughs) he did not wait to start until it was raining to build the ark. He built it out there in the sunshine. And so then when the rain started, that, that ark was there for them. And if you make even small efforts 
to network on a regular basis. You know, you belong to a group, you attend a monthly meeting, you set a goal for, you know, one coffee date with somebody that you want to either cultivate a relationship with or reconnect with, you know, every month. So it's little small bites. Your network is going to remain active and ideally even grow. And then you're not starting kind of from scratch because this is what I see with folks who don't network regularly is A, their skill set dies and they have to figure out how to network again, but their network itself dies. And so they're starting from scratch at a time when they need that network. So let's keep that network going when the sun is shining, there's no rain coming, knowing that eventually there's going to be some rain and we're going to want that network. And I think it's also important to think that networking is a two-way street. So at a time when you don't need particular help, at least on in job search, you can help other people. And by the way, looking for a new job is not the only reason to network. You could be networking to learn about a new job, a new career field, you know, get connections about certain vendors, or maybe you're looking to hire people and you network with other people in your profession to see who's out there and available that your other, your person that you're networking with can't use in their company, but they think they're great. So there's lots of reasons to network, lots of benefits to be had. So number six is make time for networking. Number seven, join a professional association. Professional associations hold a lot of benefits for you. So we have the networking piece. We have, you know, helping with career advancement. So it can be, you know, professional development. It can be leadership roles. It could be partnering with colleagues on projects or, or you know, conferences and those kinds of things. I want you to find one that really suits your career goals and your strengths and go deep in that organization. This is really much more preferable than let me join six and I, you know, have never been to a meeting in five of them. So really pick carefully and decide that you are going to go deep in that organization. Number eight, schedule time for regular meetings with your boss. And this is one that I did a podcast on recently. It was episode number 171. And you can find that link in the show notes. In this episode, I pointed out how to make sure that your one-on-ones with your boss aren't canceled. You know, what to do if they are how to structure them so both of you are excited and energized by the meetings. I'm hearing a lot of people right now who, because of the shortage of employees and every all the changes that are going on in the workplace, their bosses are unavailable to them. And people are telling me, I've been there for 90 days and I've met with my boss for 15 minutes total. That's not okay. It's not okay for you It's not okay for your boss and it's not okay for the company because you can't be expected to perform at peak capacity when you are having so little face time with your boss. So I highly encourage you to listen to that episode, schedule those regular meetings with your boss, make sure that they happen. That's number eight. Number nine, take advantage of professional development opportunities or create your own. So what I mean by this is if your company offers courses, maybe they provide a fund towards continuing education, take advantage of that. Figure out how to make it work with your schedule. Don't let that benefit go to waste. And if they don't provide that, look for opportunities outside of your company that will help you do your current job better. So whether that's a continuing education course through the local university, something online, if your company would provide like some sort of executive MBA, I have a lot of 
a lot of clients who can take LinkedIn courses because their company is paying for that. So what I'd like you to do, and when we're thinking about, you know, what professional development should I do to move up to the next rung in the ladder is I want you to find job descriptions for the position you want next and look at what are they looking for in a qualified candidate? What are the skills? What are the qualifications, the credentials, the education? And give an honest evaluation of where you might fall short on that, where it might be a stumbling block for you to get that next position. And then that's what you want to focus in in your professional development. So that's number nine, take advantage of professional development opportunities or create your own. Number 10, set a SMART goal. That's a capital S-M-A-R-T. It's an acronym. We all know it. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time sensitive. So I want to give you an example of what I'm talking about here. So for example, you could say, I will begin my MBA in the fall of 2022. Now, I love the saying, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So it's really important when you create a SMART goal to have a plan on how you're going to achieve that. So if we use the example of the MBA, you might say, okay, I'm going to take the GMAT. So then you're going to, another step would be research dates to take the GMAT, sign up for the GMAT, right? Calendar in, study, all of that. So take the GMAT. Underneath that, there's going to be four or five steps. Research online MBA programs, you know, and then you might say, okay, I'm going to apply to, um, my goal is three to five of them. And then I might make, need to make adjustments to my work schedule so that I can be there in the classes or have time to take the, the classes if they're virtual. You know, what do I have to adjust in my home commitments to do this as well? When will I do the homework? Set up all of that. And your goal could be around something like an MBA, an advanced degree, finishing up your bachelor's degree. It could be a certification, like you want to be a PMI. I'm sorry, you want to be a PMP, a project management professional. You want to get the HR certification. It could be a skill that you want to improve on, a technology you want to learn, a person that you want to work closely with. Any of these things can serve as a SMART goal. Just make sure that your goal is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-sensitive. If it doesn't have those components, then it's just sort of an idea that you have, right? So if I said, you know, instead of I will begin my MBA in the fall of 22, if I said I will get an MBA, that's not a goal because there's nothing specific about it. Number 11, tackle a gap. So in addition to engaging in professional development to position yourself for the next role that you want, whether it's with your current employer or a different employer, What else do you need to be more competitive? What experience do you need? Is there something you need to lead a certain kind of project or you haven't led teams and you need to lead a team? You need experience with budgeting and financial management. Where are those gaps where it may be more appropriate for hands-on experience more so than taking a course or doing something in terms of professional development? And that gap may very well inform the SMART goal that you set for yourself. So again, that SMART goal can be something formal like a credential or a a degree, but it could also be a skill set that you want to develop or a person that you want to get to know and you want them to get to know you. So that's number 11, tackle a gap. And number 12, Google yourself. 
And here's the thing. Most people understand that you want to Google yourself to see if there's anything negative out there. If you've got any embarrassing photos or content out there that would not serve you should you go on a job search. But there's another side of that. And that is, is there the presence of positive content out there? Are you positioned as a thought leader in your field? Are you positioned as a subject matter expert? If you're at the pinnacle of your profession and you want the world to know that and you want to leverage that, then how are you getting that message out? For example, in what I do, I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. I'm posting content. I'm putting questions out there that people ask me and I'm answering those questions. And I get a lot of my clients from LinkedIn because they see me as that subject matter expert. I am posting my podcast on there every week and all of those kinds of things. So whatever it makes sense for you to do, it's just really important that you Google yourself and see how you're showing up. Look at yourself as if it's not you It's a candidate that you're thinking about hiring and is what you see when you Google yourself something that wouldn't convince you to want to hire, want to interview this person or be less inclined to want to interview them. And along those lines, if you're going to be doing a job search soon, take a look at your credit score. Make sure there's nothing there that could bite you if a future employer wants to do a credit check, which a lot of them do. So I'm curious as to which ones resonated with you. So give some thought to these 12. I'll go over them one more time and set a goal, set a smart goal around one of these things and get planning and get going on these career management goals. I'll be glad to help you. If you want to ask me a question, shoot me an email. You know how to find me. Let me go over those 12 again. Number one, keep your resume up to date. Number two, keep your LinkedIn profile up to date. Number three, keep a list of your wins, your kudos, your achievements. Number four, get a mentor. Number five, become a mentor. Number six, make time for networking. Number seven, join a professional association. Number eight, schedule time for regular meetings with your boss. Listen to that podcast episode so you can see how to make the most of that time and how to hopefully ensure that they won't keep getting canceled. Number nine, take advantage of professional development opportunities or create your own. Number 10, set a SMART goal. Number 11, tackle a gap. And number 12, Google yourself. I hope this has been helpful and I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.